Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill. Father Scott Woods. Hey, Bill. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Today, we're going to talk about scrupulosity. This kind of came up uh, during our podcast we did on anxiety. The word was used a couple times. A lot of you asked questions and came out of the woodwork and said you'd been accused of it before and all that good stuff. Uh, Father Jack. Yeah, so it always, I mean, it always helps to know what at least what the word means that we're talking about, right? And, and there we can kind of go. So um, basically scrupulosity is, is the clinical definition is obsessions and compulsions containing religious themes, hypermorality, pathological doubt or worry about sin, and excessive religious behavior. And so, you know, that's kind of a clinical, you know, for, in the reality, it's a secular definition. Um, but basically it is, being OCD when it comes to religious matters, spiritual matters. Um, and so we know, like, you know, we, we, you know, there's kind of a, maybe a little bit casual tone around OCD, right? Kind of like ADHD. We sometimes joke about it. Um, like, oh, I have it. Ah, ha, ha, it's fun. No, like for a person who actually suffers from it, it's, it's not fun. It's not a joke, you know? And so we're, we're coming to this obsessive compulsive behavior. We're coming into, um, and especially when it comes to religion, it becomes, it can be very damaging to, to the soul. So it is, um, it's one of those you know, kind of great spiritual diseases. Um, and, and so it's, it is, it's very important for us to, you know, kind of be able to see tendencies in ourselves towards it, but also especially from, to be able to help counsel um, those who, who, uh, who do suffer from the disease to be able to get help, the help they need uh, and not, the wrong kind of help. So, um, yeah. That, that, would you, is there, would you, is there, to say this, is there a fine line between being scrupulous and being properly concerned or is it more of a, not so much? Yeah. I, I, I think so. I mean, to piggyback in what father Jack is saying is like, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's, there's two ways there's, you have to kind of look at it. I think that sometimes the word is overused even in Catholic circles yeah. where if someone has it, it's a very, as Father Jack is saying, it's a very paralyzing and a painful situation for that person. And it, it and many people that have scrupulosity probably, not always, uh, probably suffer with obsessive compu- com, um, compulsive disorders in their normal life, but it carries over into their spirituality, right? So we, it's, it's in some ways it could be looked at as a sort of spiritual sickness, but also could be a psychological sickness. But I think, a lot of times, like, unfortunately, people say they'll go to confession to, like, some priest who doesn't, is not faithful to church, and the priest will say, you're being scrupulous when there is a serious sin matter, right? Or there's something that they should be concerned about. So I think um, it's a very specified word that can be used sometimes out of context. Because if, if I think if, if someone's really concerned about offending God, they're probably not, I mean, in terms of their right mind, they're probably not scrupulous. But I think, uh, I think what's, what we're seeing today is a lot of people, I think, struggle with a lack of conscience because uh, many people don't even go to confession. What we're talking about is people that go to confession and probably a bit too frequently because they're in this constant state of fear, right? 
I think there's a vast majority of people, and maybe you guys can, would, uh, it is that really don't give, don't care about sin, and that's a whole other matter of lax conscience. But some of the scrupulous conscience, they're so caught up as God being um, sort of like watching every move they make, and there's a lack of freedom. You know, I don't know, Father Scott or Father Jack, if that, I don't know if that made sense, but there's that, there's that fine line of, I think sometimes people say, they'll say you're scrupulous when they're, they have a delicate conscience, but there are some people that it's, they have this sickness where they see sin where sin doesn't exist. Right. Well, well, not, I mean, it's not only that, I mean, for sure that's, that's true. That's definitely one symptom of, of the disease of, of an over, over, um, judgment of their own sinfulness. Um, but, right. and I think, I think what it, and I might guess of why people sometimes hear, Oh, you're being scrupulous about this is, is not, um, is, is the poor formation of priests. Cause one of the ways in which you, a good symptom of saying that, of seeing that somebody is scrupulous is, is an overuse of the sacrament of confession. Um, so, you know, in a time where, you know, you're getting trained and, and the, the need to go to confession was was minimized, minimalized, and, right? And you know the healthy confessor or confessee only went maybe twice a year, um, and that you know a person who went every couple of weeks, which is what we actually, rec- I mean, I would recommend, you know, between two and four weeks is is probably a healthy amount of time to go to confession outside of mortal sin being present. Then you go as soon as you can, but. Um, and I think that's where the problem is, is that so they hear somebody come every week, every other week, and they they immediately right. jump to symptom of scrupulosity, and we need to fight this. Why? Because this disease is so deadly to a, a healthy spiritual right. life. Um, and can you explain a little bit? What, I mean, what are, what are some of the like manifestations of? So, so a manifestation of, of uh, scrupulosity would be um, not, so, I mean, so would be too too frequently uh going to confession like a feel like a like a pathological need to get to confession for like venial sins uh and i mean like truly venous not like once we've convinced ourselves ah it's not that big a deal right that's a different thing and that's a lack of conscience sure but what i'm what i'm referring to is like well i thought poorly of my neighbor and so i'm gonna go to hell like, well wait a second <laughs> like like that's not right. real sin and we need to be very attentive to that. And so if we have to, you know, call Father in the middle of the night so that he can hear my confession, that's, right. that's scrupulous. I mean, even the temptation towards that, I think, starts getting to that, right? And and the reason for it being such a thing. Okay, well, let me get some more symptoms before we get there. But um, like an over... Basically, it, it's when we no longer live in, in the freedom of God and we start living in the fear of hell. Um, so... Sometimes that involves too frequent trips to the church, right? So basically you're always in the church unless there is an, like right. to the point of it actually hurts the rest of your life. You're, you're like your family life or uh, social social life to an extent or work life, right? Like, I, well, I'm late because I, I really pushed it to the last minute, you know, to get to stay in the church. Not, not once, but often, daily, you know? Um, right. Those, those kind of things. Um, also just... Uh, um, it doesn't happen often, but from time to time, the the obsession over our own sin can sometimes actually keep us away from from even receiving the sacrament, right? That that might uh, because you know maybe a, a well catechized Catholic who maybe thinks, well, I'm not going to stop sinning, so I can't even be forgiven, and now they've obsessed over it, 
and can't find any sort of relief even in the sacrament itself. I mean, these are, these are the same right. Things. So would you in um, <clears throat> um, someone in confession who is un who is unwilling to be to be able to accept forgiveness or that God is forgiving them? Mm-hmm. Is that another issue, or is that does that fall under? It can be. I, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Father Larry, why don't you go ahead and answer? Well, yeah. I, well, I think there's. I'm gonna Father, Father Jack. I would. I'm gonna let you answer that question. And I'm going to kind of piggyback what you were talking about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say it's not, yeah. it's not guaranteed to be, um, to be scrupulosity. It could be, but it, it yeah. also could just be doubt. Um, it could be a completely separate thing, which is why the diagnosis needs to be correct to be able to treat the correct disease. Um, you know, because some people just haven't really heard and accepted the gospel for what it is, and the and the radical nature of it to be able to say like. No, God truly does love me. I mean, if you, it, it, you know, um, so it, it can be more, uh, different things. It's not guaranteed. It's not that simple. Um, yeah, and we definitely see where, um, you know, a number of people look at some of the, even the writings with St. Teresa, St. Teresa of Lisieux uh, being times having, struggling with scrupulosity. So it's something that shows you, you can, you can still become a saint mm-hmm. and have struggle with this mm-hmm. and that, um, and therefore not to lose hope. Um, the thing that I'm reading a wonderful book now, I wish I remember the title of it, but and for my meditation, for my holy hours, and it just emphasizes so much that for for her, the key to her sanctity, the key that got her through that time, was having that um, great uh, confidence in the love and the mercy of our Lord, and and the scrupulosity, it really it really tempts one to to lose that 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 uh, the Lord is just a judge. And um, it, it love is lost. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Father Scott, it's true. And I think that people with scrupulosity tend to see God as a punishing God as, as opposed to a merciful God that loves them. Yeah. It's, it's like the underlying thing. And I think, too, it's like, a lot of times I think it's too with um, how we diagnose it. It's like they'll see temptation like um, as, as being a sin. So say, for instance, like a temptation comes to, the, to their mind, uh, and you know, they fight it off, they pray it off, but then there's this like voice in the back of their mind saying you did sin. And like, but rationally it's like, well, wait a minute, I didn't consent to that. And then this idea, well, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in the state of sin when there, the facts aren't there. You know, in other words, it's almost like I, there's a little bit of a, a temptation actually becomes a sin or even this can be in spiritual practices where, you know, a good pious person is doing the, the right thing and they're trying striving for holiness and let's say they're in the practice of praying the rosary every day and you know rather than say you know what I, you know i wish i did the rosary I should, i'll do it tomorrow make a resolution like it's almost like god's super angry at me and i got to get the confession so i miss my rosary now missing a rosary is not a sin technically it's not a sin i mean it's just you you, you didn't get as much grace but it's not a sin it's not something to go to confession but a scrupulous person would see that as a, a sinful something that was sinful you know and so it's, it's and this, I think, speaks a little bit, Father, just to the the danger of private vows, um, and 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 a kind of a misunderstanding of them, um, because because I think what I mean, I I mean sometimes we, we kind of I, I mean I hear decently frequently of like, well, I made a private vow that I would do this, and that's like, but sometimes it's a silly vow. I mean, I'm not trying to be you know disrespectful to the person, but. But it's like, well, I promised I would do two holy hours a day. And I was like, well, why didn't you do it? Well, because I had COVID. 
Like, you know, and I was in the hospital. I'm like, okay, well, see, like, it's that's unreasonable. Yeah, no, but that's it, right? It's like, it's the danger of a private vow of of not, um, like, the church is, is, is a wise mother. And, and there's a reason for uh, the vows that she makes is are to be, you know, or tells her children to make or to be made publicly because, and limited, right? We don't make vows, like, our, I mean, we make a vow to prayer, right, as, as priests, but our vow to prayer is really minimal. I mean, it is, it is pray the, um, what is it? It's pray the liturgy of the hours. And it's even that's poorly defined. I would argue some people I've, I've had priests argue with me in confession uh, about oh it goodness. and, and, be, and smarter people than me. I know father Larry, it's hard to believe that, but there are people smarter <laughs> than me. And, um, and the other was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's to grow closer to the Lord every day. It, I like technically my vow to prayer has nothing to do with the mass. I, I think, you know, we can talk about the sin of charity. Sure. But, um, like I'm, I'm not obliged in my, in my vows. Why? Because sometimes it's impossible to celebrate mass. It just is. You can't, cause I'm not allowed to celebrate mass on an airplane, for example. Um, no, I'm not on an airplane for 24 hours, but you know what I mean? Like there is like, there are limitations that we just need to kind of, um, there's a, there's a prudence that, that governs all other virtues that the private vow sometimes doesn't take into account. Um, and, and that sometimes feeds into this, this spiritual disorder of, of thinking that something is a great mortal sin and we've offended God beyond belief and we've completely broken ourselves off from his good graces uh, because we didn't do something that would be helpful but not quite required. Um, I just think it's a good warning maybe to just be very firm with uh in terms of do you, do you guys do you guys i mean just i mean and and what we can talk about and just uh, generally speaking or you know directing with souls you know um do you find that scrupulosity is very common or it's, it's not very common today um father sorry. yeah i mean i definitely find it <clears throat> um pretty common um uh, not that it, not that you're hearing it all the time, but just that uh, the tendency towards people who uh, often who've come back to the church um, is to go to the extreme sometimes, and and to really they they just want to be so good, they just want to be so so perfect as it were, and and so they have to find that balance. They have to balance. I just remember myself even um, when I was you know, just. Just like, oh my goodness, the smallest thing, and kind of obsessing over that, that tendency to obsess. And so um, I, I think for a number of people, they just go through a period of that in their life, um, particularly those who start to either reversion to the faith or conversion to the faith. And then as they mature, of course, they're able to recognize it more and, and receive that balance. But um, definitely it's, it's there. And then there, there are certain groups, I would say, that, that have more of a tendency towards it than others. Yeah, I, mean, right. I would say I think that that sounds right in my experience as well. I mean, I think there is a certain um, most people aren't, uh, you know, would maybe have a milder case. So, and, and what I mean by that is um, they aren't necessarily scrupulous about all sins, but maybe just a certain portion of their life. Um, you know, I, I mean, I have I mean, I've heard the confession of people who are truly scrupulous and who are like, you know, it's kind of when we talked about this father before the uh, podcast. um I was saying, I mean, I've been cut off in confessional, you know, and you just know that the person isn't able to receive what what is being spoken to them as counsel or as their penance or as anything. Um, 
because all they can do in their head is make sure that they got every single sin number and kind out, including truly, I mean, like things that aren't even sins anymore, um, which is where it becomes very, uh, a, little, a little scary, a little worrisome. Um, no, I think certain people maybe are just scrupulous on, you know, their prayer or their, um, you know, purity issues or just online or what a gossip or whatever. And, um, and kind of, and that has its own issue maybe, but Father Larry, what is your opinion on, or what is your experience of scrupulosity? I mean, I, I think, I think that, um, I'm able to detect it when I hear it at this point where it's almost like it's like the person is not they're in fear even trying to talk about it like they and um i, I think there's um like they in some things they're, they're a right mind and they have all the principles uh, that the church teaches and they understand the commandments but it's still not enough to clarify whether or not it was right or wrong and they're more coming to cover themselves just in case mm-hmm. you know and um, and it's almost like the way they pre- present themselves. So not it. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously we have to be. Um, I mean, as the church teaches, we have to uh, confess all sins that we're aware of, especially the mortal sins, and kind of number. But I think it's like you're saying. It's like the the you know, like as a definition, there's a there's a priest that's on an article. He's a a priest and a psychologist for St. Raphael's Counseling Center. And he says that a scrupulous person really believes that he's always guilty of serious sin, even if their heart is in the right place, if they desire to know God above everything else. They have this anxiety that they're making the wrong choice, that they're not pleasing God. While it's a spirituality, there's also a large psychological element to it. And I think it's after experience, I, I, I don't think it's as common. It is there, and every parish has a few of those. They mean well, but it's like they're always in fear. And... Um, and I, 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 I think it's, I think it's, I think it's common. Um, I think it gets a little overplayed though today. That's, I would, I'd argue that, um, because I think, and I could be wrong. Do you think it's because of your it's, Opus Dei background? Well, no, I mean, uh, okay. So, <laughs> well, I, well, maybe it's a good training content, but anyway, um, mm. I think that there's, there's not enough conscience formation for people to make good moral choices. So mm. if you're not sure what's a sin, my argument would be you might always be anxious, especially if you're OCD. Like, and here's the thing is if we're not teaching clearly sin matters and helping people to form their consciences, we're going to deal with like people that are a mess in the confessional. And I think we can help them out of scrupulosity. Um, but I think you'll, I think you'll know like this person is, has got a sickness there. And they've got a good formation. They're just not listening to it, right? But I think on the flip side, I think there's a ton of people out there that think they're scrupulous or not. Because when you kind of dig a little bit, like, they don't even know certain things. I mean, they've been told, well, don't think too much about this particular matter, you know, um, that is, you know, the church case is a great matter. And I think that's, I think the danger with the word today with some priests is they throw it out too quickly to people. And I think they, I think they damage the conscience a little bit. Would and you, then, Father? Would you, or fathers, I should say, would would you, would you say that having a regular confessor assists in becoming scrupulous? I, I actually the opposite. A okay. regular confessor actually helps 
you not become scrupulous. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah. It fights, it fights scrupulosity yeah. because, um, because the person, because they never feel relief and they're, and they're afraid of being told that they're scrupulous almost. So if, if I go, you know, to father Scott, the one time father Larry, the next time, and then, you know, father X down there, down the road, then they'll never know how often I'm, I'm really going to confession or that I'm confessing the same sins. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or, um, you know, and so we, you know, oftentimes a scrupulous person will priest hop and, and, you know, not, not in the, you know, cause I go, I mean, I go to, I don't remember the last time I went to the same priest twice in a row for confession, you know, just because of the nature of things. But, um, you know, that's, that that's not what we're talking about, but like the person who just has, yeah, can, it, it's good to have a regular confessor. And it's one of the reasons why it's actually recommended. And this is, uh, this may be the hardest thing we say on this podcast in all of it is that you should go to your parish priest for confession. Like you shouldn't go to the place down the road. Um, No national shrine. Yeah. I mean, Franciscan monastery. I know. I know you should. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. Strange penances there. I'm going to warn you. (laughs) Maybe if you stop committing strange sins, father Larry, strange penances. but uh, no, Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, but no, I mean, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So what, what are, I mean, there are some obvious, but what, what are some of the, the roadblocks that, that a scrupulous person that, 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 uh, that roadblocks to a sp- their spiritual life? Right. I, well, Father Jack's right. I, I, as, as he always is. Um, Thank you. But, but anyway, <laughs> I, but he's, I mean, the, the thing is the church teaches, you know, the saints say that you should have a regular confessor that you can go to. And one of the key components, if someone is scrupulous, they have to be obedient to the confessor. Mm. So, I mean, if the confessor is well-trained in moral theology and he's abiding and not adding or subtracting from what the church teaches, which is always going to harm a conscience. And I think that's the problem is that it's a thing priests can make, can malform a conscience one way or the other. And so the theology of the priest has to be sound. Right. And so, but secondly, it's like if the priest tells you it's not a sin, you got to trust it mm. and be obedient to that. And the other thing sometimes they say is that if you're dealing with a scrupulous uh, person, you, uh, you sometimes you can say, okay, you know, um, you come to confession like every two weeks, and I really don't want to see you for two weeks, and you got and you got to come to me in two weeks, and that actually breaks the scrupulosity. Um, and th- and then once they're free, then they're able to kind make that make that decision it's but um that's i mean that i don't know if you guys are taught a similar thing when you're dealing with scrupulous things is trying to get them at a um not to break the cycle of confession with the scrupulosity like stay with a certain amount that you and the penitent agree to is that have you heard that before yeah yeah i think that's the number one remedy for for breaking scrupulosity is to is that the person has to not you have to fight through the compulsion cycle um, to right. to feel like they need to go to it and and right um, yeah absolutely that that is that and is if the number one. to another confessor it's just going to exacerbate the situation yeah. Yeah. yeah right I mean to some degree it'll make it it probably make it worse oh yeah yeah probably, um, probably. oh definitely definitely no I mean I think to to try I mean because that's the thing is is now. Well, because just think of think of I mean, if we just logic our way through uh, through that of you know you've had a priest who 
you thought you trusted. And they said, don't go to confession, but every, you know, except for until two weeks from now. And then now you've gone and you've gone to confession to father, you know, why, you know, the next parish over and now you've added to it. And now you feel like there's a duplicity when you already struggle with everything being a sin. So now you think going to confession is a sin. Um, right. And, right. and so the, and, and this is where it gets very dangerous is that now nothing is going to feel like a relief. Right. And, and that's, this is where God's mercy and grace gets blocked. Um, you know, as, is, um, by, by just feeding into the, feeding into the disorder. Um, you know, it's why, we, it's why a priest has to be, uh, has to be so careful. Um, in, in, as you're talking about father Larry, uh, informing consciousness, because, it really is a, a very delicate game. We have to be very careful not to speak further than what the ch- uh, the church says on on issues, especially when it comes to matters of prudence. Like, right. um, we have to be so gentle with with the conscience because it is this great gift. But you know, we can right. you know, if if we abuse it in any sort of way, we really can lose the ability to to train our our people to to live a virtuous life, a fulfilling life. Right. You know, it's interesting, the readings this week, our, our Lord says and, and not to add or subtract from the law. Mm. And um, and I think scrupulous people either, well, they probably add to the law more than subtract from it. Sure. Uh, in other words, and I think a, a confessor has to be careful not to put, uh, and not to say something that the church doesn't say that goes beyond it, that could, that could, that could harm them, you know, in some way. So I think it, I think it has to deal with like, a priest has to recognize it and then deal with it, gen- you know, gently, but at the same time, but just walking them through rationally why their thinking could be, could be faulty on this particular matter so that they come to this knowledge and not fearful anymore. And if there is a matter that they should be concerned, will you tell them that? Like, well, this is not an issue. This is, you know, you have to work on this and, and so forth. This is a sin matter. But if it's something where it's not a sin, you have to trust it's not because this is what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's that's and then it helps them to be more free um, to be able to to walk with Christ. I mean, I think the problem with uh, with scrupulosity is that a person's constantly paralyzed. Mm. Like they can't they can't do good because they're always thinking about they're just evil people all the time. Right. As opposed to beloved sons and daughters of God. And and, and I think I mean, I mean, just as kind of a an analogy, this is something that. Um, that it just would, I think it'd be helpful maybe sometimes to, cause, cause part of the hardship of this is that we're dealing with, with the supernatural. We're dealing with the spiritual realm of, of, you know, we, we think of sin sometimes as a very accounting style thing, right? Like God has a, has a column of mortal sins and venial sins. And then maybe he has a, if you're really lucky, he has a, a good works column, right? And, and confession just wipes away those things. And it's, it's, it's not really a great way to think of it because there's really one other place where, um, where the church talks about scruples, and it's it's actually the crumbs of the Eucharist, right? So that the the priest is called to wipe the scruples off of the paten into the chalice. Now the right. reason that it, we we use that term one because it's it's they're very small <laughs> for the most part. I mean, honestly, most of the time right. I'm looking at the paten, I don't see them, but I will feel them with my finger. Uh, so right. I know they're there. Um, but but the reason we're so attentive to those those tiny things is because we can actually take care of them. When it comes to scruples right. of of conscience like this, of of either real actual or or imagined sin, we have to be so careful because 
what we do is we, we just wipe away to the point of literally wiping away the patent <laughs> so that it's no longer a worthy vessel. We've, we've wiped away. We, we think we have to do more and more and more. I, you know, I have to watch myself even as I'm like wiping the patent sometimes. I'm like, no, it's one pass through, you know, be, be diligent, you know, be careful. But, but can you imagine if I spent two minutes looking in the light at different lights of this patent to make sure that every scruple, um, was off, um, it would, it would be obnoxious, truly. Like it would, it would be something that would block all present from being able to truly um, enter into the mystery that was in front of us. But, yeah. but a, a reverent wiping, a a total um, handing over of the self to saying this this works. This is this is how the church has taught us to wipe the patent down and and reunite our Lord's body with His blood. That is sufficient. That's what confession is. It is. We take our time, we do a very thorough, very reverent wipe through of our soul, and then we entrust yeah. everything to our Lord, right? And and when we when we have to do more, that's this is where um, we see so many of our um, so many things come or go astray, I should say. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Father Jack and Father Scott, what would be some if someone is worried that they're scrupulous so they told them it's scrupulous right and they're constantly fearful of god right and um what would be some com some some practical suggestions in prayer and also in um just approaching i mean i think you you kind of hit it father jack with your that description of the patent and doing being thorough and wiping the sins and letting god take care of it but is there some practical, like maybe simple practical guidelines of how they can approach it to be more free to not be over concerned where they should not be over concerned and be more free in their dealings with Jesus Christ? Yeah, something I often have people do is, is to really do, you know, even, even if they, you know, fall into sin of some kind, whatever kind, to, to really have them, especially if I, if I notice, if I believe there's some type of scrupulosity, I'll say, you need to immediately ground yourself again in how much even what you've done is against him who loves you so much and that he still loves you in the midst of this and that he still desires you. In fact, we know the church teaches that that you know immediately when there's a fall, um, God goes to work to bring that soul back. He's calling right. that soul back to himself. I said, I said to some people who struggle with this, I want you to immediately meditate on that more than you meditate on the sin itself. You, you cannot, you must not see the sin, but in the light of his love. And, and in the light of his love, it, it horrifies you because you realize how much you've hurt one who loves you, but he wants you to see him more than your sin. The devil right. wants you to see your sin more than him. And hence the old saying, you know, uh, God calls you by your name, Satan calls you by your sin. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Father Scott, do you, have, uh, do you have any other advice on top of that you would give? Yeah, the um, other thing is is just that real um, just recognition, especially if, if it's clear that this person is obsessing um, over these things, that exactly that limitation and how many times, you know, I will advise that they get a spiritual director. You know, if it, uh, because right. they need that yeah. accountability, someone outside their little world um, who can right. see the, the the true picture, and therefore who right. can who can be responsible for saying, yeah, you're only allowed to go so often, and right. you know, if it's these things that you're normal, no, you may not go, um, right. and so they need that that uh, that help to freedom, that help right. to freedom. 
right? And Father I, Jack, what about you? I was going to say specifics are, are, are what matter. Um, you really, you have to set very firm, loving <laughs> limits, right? A uh, person who has OCD and needs to wash their hands five times, okay, you get to do it twice, right? But no more. Right. You don't get to do a third, right? Same with same with a scrupulous person. Okay, this is fine that you, you want to do this penance, but you you have exactly this much. And if you go over, then then we start this process over, right? And so you have to be very, that's why, uh, you know, um, with fathers, um, you know, kind of, you know, you meditate on this. Um, sometimes it's, it's mostly helpful to say, and you're going to do it with this time frame, you know, because mm-hmm. a scrupulous person will think they have to do it for the rest of their life or for so many hours when it's not prudent. Um, so, we, we, you know, it's, it's all about setting the correct limits, um, not just in a, in a teaching sort of way, but also in a very practical, um, you're going to say these prayers and no more. You're going to say you're going to do this reading and no more. You're going, to, you know, um, and and it, it it does take a slight firmness of hand, but it's it's for the sake of of showing the love of Christ. And and to be clear, saints were not immune to being scrupulous. Absolutely. Some of the most famous ones, right? I couldn't believe right. some of the names that that came up. Saint Therese was too. Yeah, Saint Therese was too. The little flower was terribly scrupulous. Saint Ignatius of Loyola actually yep. was. Yep. Uh, I was very Al- Alphonse Liguori. Yeah. I saw. You know, that's the Saint Alphonse Liguori is interesting because he was extremely scrupulous. Like he always thought that he was sinning, and like you know, and but in his writing, he was so clear. Like in his teaching, he was so clear. Like the Holy Spirit, sort of. He, uh, he was very. He was very clear on moral guidelines of what was sin, not sin. But he himself struggled with scrupulosity terribly. You know? and, and that's probably because, which is always creeping back into the church, is, is because I think, if I remember right, he lived in a time of Jansenism. Mm-hmm. And that heresy right. is just always creeping back in one way or another throughout mm-hmm. the history of the church. Um, right. Yeah. Father, right. maybe maybe you could even define Jansenism. Yeah, no, I'm Jansen's, sure somebody's going to ask. Yeah, it. I was going to say, yeah, I thought about it. But, um, Another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, Jansenism is just a... We're going to have 35 questions on Jansenism now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jansenism is just a, 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 a really radical moral rigidism. Uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately, I want, what I want to say is moral scrupulous, scrupulosity. <laughs> uh, but basically, it's, it's just a, um, a, very mu- a, a very strict moral code um, to the point of being uh, beyond what Christ taught. Um, and that that's this is this is where it gets troublesome is is, is when we uh, when we start to claim that things are sins that aren't sins uh, you know actually again as Father Larry mentioned you know it's this week's gospel it's you know how come how come you're, you you don't do the ritual cleansings well see you cling to human traditions and claim that they're from God you know and and that's what Jansenism did is they said this is this is what we want to be. We want the world to be like this, and so we're going to say that it's the gospel. It's a, it's a different type of Pharisaism um, that we just need to be very attentive to, but it's strictly on the on the moral level. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son who came to set the captives free, uh, free from uh, doubt, free from all the, from sin and from all that would bring about despair and hopelessness. We ask, Lord, that we might truly live in the reality of that freedom that you have brought us through your sacrifice and continue to renew through the sacraments uh, in us and through us and with us. 
We ask, Lord, your blessing upon all who hear this and that you may aid them and help them to live in your freedom and to live in your truth and to live out the gospel well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening.